0: Hi, this is Terrell Somerville, the lead pastor of Freedom Church. Welcome to our podcast. We hope you enjoy the message today and that you also take time to get plugged in to your local church. We believe you can't do life alone, so we learn to do life together. I also want to thank our givers who make this podcast possible. If you are blessed by this ministry, please consider subscribing, giving, and sharing this with your friends and family. God bless you. Everybody. welcome to Freedom Church Online today. We're so thankful that you would tune in. And hey, I want to ask you, if you would, to invite other people to watch with you. And maybe you're brand new and you just come across this broadcast here. Hey, I want to ask you, if you would, please take the time to fill out a connection card. You'll see it there on our feed. We'd appreciate that very much. Or maybe even comment to us where you're from and where you're tuning in from. Or maybe shoot us an email on our website at info at freedomfamily.us. Hey, uh, before I jump into this, message today. uh, I want to be able to have a special time of prayer for our first responders. They've really been heavy on our hearts at our church and we're trying to do something special for them. But if you're a first responder in any way, shape, form, or fashion during this season of life that we're in, Thank you, thank you, thank you for all that you are doing. We love you. We're proud of you. And so, just want to have a special time of prayer for you in this moment. Heavenly Father, we thank you, God, for every first responder, God, that's on the front line of what we're going through with this COVID-19. God, I want to pray a special prayer of strength for them, but yet I want to pray a special prayer of protection for them, God, uh, away from this virus that they can be able to serve and help those that they're to being able to do in their perspective area. Bless them, God. Be with them, God. Strengthen them, God, because they truly are super superheroes, God. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. We love you, and God bless you. Thank you for what you're doing. Hey, last weekend on Easter uh, weekend, we started a brand new series called Hang On. And I'll tell you, sometimes it's just hard to hang on, especially in seasons like it is right now. But what I want to ask you to do, you can go to our app, and you can look down in the in the bottom right-hand corner on Sundays, and there you click on that. You'll be able to go and get the message notes. And maybe you've never downloaded our app. You simply all you got to do if you have a smart device is go to Freedom, go to the App Store and type in Freedom Church TN and download our app, and you can follow along with us in the message today. So Where I got this series from and praying about this, uh, about hanging on, uh, is the fact that Matthew chapter 5 and verse 3, known as the Beatitudes, and the message, it says this. It says, you're blessed when you're at the end of your rope. With less of you, there is more of God and his rule. Some of you might feel like that right now. You're at the end of your rope and what's going on in life. Um, And sometimes that happens even when it comes to our dreams You know, so today I want to talk to you about hanging on to your dreams, but really what dreams that you're hanging on to. I remember specifically whenever I was graduating high school, um, I was dreaming of going into the Air Force. And with that being said, uh, after I graduated in June, I went to the Air Force, uh, to to the recruiting office, and I was signing up. And I came home that very day. And the day I came home, I went over to a friend's house of mine and I pulled up in his driveway and I heard a chainsaw running in the backyard and I went out back and it was him. He was cutting a tree. So I walked up to the tree and just simply held on the tree. Well, the... The chain got pinched in the tree, and he pulled the saw, when it did, it come out and nicked me right across here, and he picked me up like a rag doll and threw me in his car and ran me to the hospital. And long story short, uh, it cut the tendon where you check your reflexes underneath here. I had like 120 stitches underneath the the outside of the skin there, on the inside there, and a few stitches on the outside. They put a big old long cast on me for about 10 weeks. Well, no doubt, that great dream of wanting to— Going to the Air Force changed the course of my life, and I felt like it really had destroyed my dream. And I'll ask you this question. How many of you have ever felt like that your dreams have been destroyed? Maybe it's this current season of life that we're in right now, and and you find yourself at the end of your rope, and you're just trying to hang on to your dreams, and maybe you're needing a job right now. Uh, and, and things have gone haywire and the economy has shut down. Or maybe you need your marriage to be mending because you find yourself fighting over money and your dreams have become null and void. Or, or maybe it's a situation where that you know that you need to be a better mom or you need to be a better dad because the kids are at home all the time and they are driving you batty. And you find yourself losing your cool sometimes and you're, you're snapping at them. You know, those things happen, and, and where that we have these dreams that we want to become reality, it seems like that they've gone away. Maybe it's a situation for you, and and you were in college, or or you were in high school or something, and you were looking forward to that tournament to be able to play in it, or whether it be basketball or whatever it is, and, and it got shut down, and you thought maybe, well, you'll get a look for college, or you get a look for a scholarship, or, or maybe it's where the, the dreams have been snatched from you in your life because you're thinking, man, I've went all my life wanting to walk the lines I even got valedictorian I worked hard on the speech and and I wanted to be able to to be able to give that speech at my high school graduation but it just doesn't seem that it's going to happen maybe you thought about that senior trip you always dreamed of going on with your friends or maybe you thought about the situation where that you wanted to be able to go to prom and you wanted to take that significant one that special one that you wanted to ask to go to prom with you or maybe it's relationships when it comes to relationships maybe you have that one that asked you to mar that you were asked to marry and you got engaged and you planned that wedding but now with what's going on you can't even invite your family and friends because of our current season with covid19 all these things play into our minds and and what do we do whenever we're kind of trying to hang on to our dreams and they seem to be destroyed. What do you do whenever you've lost your hope and you feel like that your dreams that you're hanging on to, they're just gone? You know, you lose all your passion, you lose all your desire, you feel lonely, you feel like life is absolutely unfair and I didn't do anything to deserve this. That happens a lot to many people And you know, your circumstances and your attitude about being hopeless will drive you, if you're not careful into a godless lifestyle see how you feel is based upon your current circumstances for any of us and when you feel hopeless in your life even god can't do anything about that because god gives you free will to make a choice in your attitude of how things are going in your life and one of the listen, one of the things we can really screw up in life is our dreams you say why is that because a lot of times we live for the wrong things we live for the wrong dreams we live for the wrong things that we're trying to go after in this life in the pursuit of happiness and the in, in this great nation that we have all these great opportunities and things to be able to do and you know what when you live for the wrong things what ends up happening is that you forget what's really important in life that happens to us see we often dream the wrong dreams in life look what it says here in proverbs chapter 13 and verse 19 it says it is pleasant to see dreams come true but fools refuse to turn from evil to attain them so whether a dream come true is good or bad depends on the nature of the dreams that you are dreaming in your life you may be hanging on to a dream but you're hanging on to the wrong dream and it's just not working out so well and you know what it's great to achieve worthwhile goals it's great to be able to do that but not all goals and not all dreams are worth your time and your energy and your passion to be able to pursue see the wrong desires in life can blind good judgment in your mind And in your heart, that can happen, whether it's an unwise relationship that's causing you a lot of pain, whether it's a a wasteful purchase that you've gotten, and now you have no idea how in the world you're going to pay for that purchase, or maybe it's just poor plans that you've made in general. Being faithful is a virtue. Let me say that again. Being faithful is a virtue, but being stubborn isn't hope you understand that there's a big idea that i want you to get today and and it is so true and i want you to grab this i want you to hang on to it i want you to let it seat down into your spirit and is this hang on to the god dreams not just the good dreams Hang on to the God dreams, not just the good dreams. A lot of times we're hanging on to good dreams that God never intended for you to dream. It doesn't mean they're bad. It doesn't mean that they might take you down a wrong road. But they're just not the dreams that God is dreaming for you. Today we want to talk about Joseph. He was a dreamer. That's what his brothers called him, the dreamer. Many of you may have heard of him as Joseph, the one with the coat of many colors in Genesis, we read of this. But I want to read you one particular verse that stands out about Joseph and the dreamer in his life. And it comes from the psalmist in chapter 105 and verse 19. Listen to what it says. It says, until the time came to fulfill his dreams, the Lord tested Joseph's character. The Lord tested Joseph's character now with that being said I want you to think about this he not only was testing Joseph and his character but whenever you are pursuing life and you are pursuing God and you're running after those dreams God is gonna test you and I want you to understand he's not only gonna test you he's gonna test your character and here's what I will tell you unless he tests you you are not gonna have a testimony for him to give him glory and honor in the name of Jesus Christ so let's take a look and let's dive in to the life of joseph the dreamer and let's see what kind of dreams that he was hanging on to it begins here and i want to begin in genesis 37 verse 3 it says jacob it's talking about his father, loved Joseph more than any of his other children because Joseph had been born to him in his old age. It's almost like being born to him in his old age. It's almost like those of us that have grandchildren. We always say, if we knew they were going to be this wonderful, we would have had those children first. Now, you know, it's not true. I love my grandchildren, but I love my, my daughters dearly. But we do love it because it brings us back to that moment in our lives when our children were little. And That's what we love about it. But for Jacob, here he is. He's having Joseph in an old age, and it means a lot to him. It says, so one day, Jacob had a special gift made for Joseph, a beautiful robe that he purchased at Saks Fifth Avenue. Scratch that last part. But anyway, but his brothers hated Joseph because their father loved him more than the rest of them. They couldn't say a kind word to him. When you look at what's taking place here and looking at a father that favors one son over the others, and you see what's taking place with the brothers hating one brother and all that, that's a dysfunctional family at its best. And I asked you, how many of you out there have a dysfunctional family? Raise your hand. I wish I could see your hand that you have a dysfunctional family, right? But when you think about Joseph's dreams that he was having here, he begins to boastfully tell his brothers about these dreams he began to have and, and how these bundles of grain are, are bowing down to him and how they're bowing down to him. And even his father, Jacob, scolds Joseph for the dreams that he's having. But Jacob wondered about the dreams that his young son, Joseph, is having in the back of his mind. And his father, Jacob, is really wondering what could these dreams my young son is having what could they actually mean so he's pondering on those things and so jacob one day sends joseph to go see about his brothers that were tending the herds and see how they were doing and once again they hated their little brother we pick up at verse 18 in Genesis 37 it says, When Joseph's brothers saw him coming, they recognized him in the distance. As he approached, they plan- made plans to kill him. Hmm. You know, I've done some bad things to my brother before, okay? But I don't think that my older brother has really ever, he may have wanted to kill me, but he didn't make plans to kill me, okay? This is what's taking place. They had an extreme hatred for their little brother. The jealousy was eating them up. And it says, as he approached, they made plans to kill him. Here comes the dreamer, they said. See, jealousy was eating them up on the inside, and they wanted to kill him. But what about these dreams that Joseph is dreaming what about these dreams are they god dreams or are they just good dreams maybe that's you are the dreams you're dreaming the dreams that you're kind of hanging on to that seems to be in jeopardy right now are they god dreams Or are they just good dreams? Are they dreams that you grew up with in your life and you had an idea that I want to go to this particular school. I'm going to get a degree there. I'm going to get my master's. I'm going to get my doctorate. And you begin to dream all these things. I want to go on this particular career path. I want to be able to have this particular wife or husband. I want to be able to live at this fashionable zip code. I want to do this type of ministry in my life because I love Jesus i want to have this particular amount of children i want to have five kids i want three boys and i want two girls whatever it is where is god in the equation of the dreams you're trying your best to hang on to where's god i asked you that question see good dreams without god will ultimately leave you empty it goes on to say in verse 23 and 24 in genesis 37 so when joseph arrived his brothers ripped off the beautiful sax fifth avenue robe he was wearing then they grabbed him and threw him into the cistern now the cistern was empty there was no water in it See, life was good until Joseph found himself in the bottom of a pit, until he found that his dreams were seemingly shattered. See, even as God followers, do you ever find yourself even saying, where are you, God? I feel alone. I feel abandoned life's unfair God where are you I think all of us at times we hit those moments when we feel like that and what we're trying to hang on to seems to have slipped through our fingers that's what ends up happening and And I look at Joseph and I look at how that we can relate, no doubt, even in our day and time as God followers, but God is always present. Listen to me. God is always present, even when we think he isn't. So there's a couple things I want to share with you that when God hangs with you, When God hangs with you, when you realize you're at the end of your rope, when you realize there is less of you, there is more of God and his rule. When you get to that position in your life and you realize that God really hangs with you, here's what I want you to know. His presence gives you power. His presence will always give you power. Let's look into Joseph's life because it proves my point. Now, What happened here from the time that they dropped him in the pit, one of his brothers wanted to say, hey, we don't need to kill him. You know, we'll just drop him in his pit. When What he had planned to do was to go and get Joseph out of the pit and carry him back home to his father. But in the meantime, he was gone. His other brothers have these Ishmaelite traders come by, and they decide, you know what we're going to do? We're not going to kill him. We're going to sell him to them. So they sell little brother Joseph for 20 pieces of silver, and he's gone bye, bye, bye into Egypt. That's what it says here. When Joseph was taken to Egypt in, in Genesis 39 and verse 1, by the Ishmaelite traders, he was purchased by Potiphar, an Egyptian officer. Potiphar was captain of the guard for Pharaoh, the king of Egypt. Now listen to these next five words that will be syn- uh, synonymous throughout this reading. The Lord was with Joseph the Lord was hanging on with Joseph. It says, so he succeeded in everything he did as he served in the home of his Egyptian master. Even though his family's gone, even though his brothers are out of his mind and out of his sight, and he knew that he hated them. There's a void in his life, but he knew that God was hanging out with him. He knew the Lord was with him. It goes on to say that Potiphar noticed this and realized that the Lord was with him joseph giving him success in everything he did this pleased potiphar so he soon made joseph his personal attendant he put him in charge of his entire household and everything he owned see potiphar took note he knew that god was hanging out with Joseph, he knew that he was with him. So he makes him a slave. Yes, he's a slave, but he makes him a slave in this government job over his entire household. And you know what? Even though Joseph, it seemed that his dreams were shattered, Joseph was living in the bountiful moment. He knew God was with him, Potiphar did. And I know that Joseph knew that God was with him. See, our response— In bad times of life is so important you may not be able to change the world that you see around you but I promise you you can change the way you see the world from within you I love Norman Vincent Peale and he relates to a story in his book The power of the plus factor and he talks about how he is walking down the streets of of Kowloon Hong Kong and he walks up and he sees this tattoo shop but what shocks him is three particular words of force that's in the window of the tattoo shop the words were simply this born to lose born to To lose. And as he sees these words, he says to himself, Can anybody actually ever want to put this phrase on their body saying born to lose? So what does he do? He asks the Chinese tattoo artist in the shop. And in broken English, as he asks him that question, If they ever get this tattoo, he says, Yes, sometimes. So, he was just appalled to the fact that somebody would actually get a tattoo like this. He said, I can't believe anybody in their right mind would get a tattoo like this. And the Chinese man simply tapped his forehead and he said, This before tattoo on body, tattoo in mind. Hmm. Listen to me closely. If you think you're beaten in life, you are. You are. So here's Joseph. He's now a slave in Potiphar's household. He's been given full reign over it. The uh, only thing that Potiphar worries about is what he's supposed to eat. And it goes on to say here in verse 5, it says, From day to day uh, that, he, that Joseph was put in charge of his master's household and property, the Lord began to bless Potiphar's household for Joseph's sake. It says, All of his household affairs ran smoothly, and his crops and livestock flourished. See, God blesses Potiphar's household because of Joseph. Why? Because God is hanging out with Joseph, see. Then he goes on to say in verse 6 through 9, Potiphar gave Joseph complete administrative responsibility over everything he owned. With Joseph there, he didn't worry about a thing except what kind of food to eat. Joseph was a very handsome and well-built young man. Ladies, that means in our terms, the guy was hot. Okay? Then it says, and Potiphar's wife soon began to look at Joseph lustfully. Strong sexual desires. What it's saying here in our scripture says come and sleep with me she demanded but joseph refused look he told her my master trusts me with everything in the in his entire household no one here has more authority than i do he has held back nothing from me except you because you are his wife how could i do such a wicked thing it would be a great sin against god See, Joseph is doing what he's supposed to do, and God is richly blessing Potiphar's household because God is with Joseph. Then Potiphar's wife begins to want to to seduce the hot little Joseph here, and then what does he do? Joseph looks at her and says, talk to the hand, the face don't understand. Basically, he turned her down. Now, did he turn, did he, when you look at the scripture, it says, how can I do such a wicked thing? It would be a sin against God. Now, why did he turn her down? If The sin was not against Potiphar's wife. The sin was not even against Potiphar. It wasn't even against Joseph. The sin would have begin, been against his great God that was with God because God hung out with Joseph because Joseph wanted to hang out with God. Do you? Or you just need God as a bookshelf God that when things go bad, you pull him off the bookshelf when things get really crazy. See, his love for God, Joseph's love for God was forever, so much greater than some sinful pleasure for just a moment. See, if you want God dreams to come true, you cannot take shortcuts by forsaking godly values. What happens in the moment, listen to me, what happens in the moment can destroy a lifetime of God's dreams, that God's been dreaming for you see we're often tempted to take shortcuts we're often tempted to be able to lie we're often tempted to be able to cheat we're often tempted to be able to steal we're often tempted to be able to manipulate but that's not of god that's not god's ways and god's not going to bless when you create a mess Now, God can get you out of a mess when your mindset comes around to be right. But listen, don't get ahead of God through some selfish pursuit. But you're to be in hot pursuit of the godly dreams he has for you. But it's got to be in his way. It's got to be in his will. And it's got to be in God's timing. Let's continue on in this story. Now, Joseph didn't fall for the trap that Potiphar's wife was setting for him. It tells us in verse 10 that she kept putting pressure on Joseph day after day, but he refused to sleep with her, and he kept out of her way as much as possible. I mean, could you imagine? He's just, every time he sees her, he's just trying his best. Oop, there she is. Oop, oop. Oop, I'm going to swing over this way, you know. (laughs) He's just trying to keep away from her is what he says. But one day, however, it says in verse 11, No one else was around when he went in to do his work. She came and grabbed him by his cloak, demanding, come on and sleep with me. Joseph tore himself away, but he left his cloak in her hand and he ran from the house. When she saw that she was holding his cloak and he had fled, she called out to her servants, Soon, all the men came running. Look, she said, my husband has brought this Hebrew slave here to make fools of us. He came into my room to rape me, but I screamed. Joseph, he's framed. He ends up being sentenced to prison. Potiphar's furious. He's sentenced to prison for a sin that he resisted. Maybe that's you. You ever feel like Joseph? You've been following God the best that you can follow Him. You've been trying to cross all the righteous T's and dot all the holy I's. You've been trying to do all the right things and. You're trying your best, and this virus hits the world, and it seems like your whole world comes tumbling down, and you're just trying to hang on to your dreams, and it seems like they're being shattered, destroyed, and slipping between your fingers. And you're thinking, where are you, God, in all of this? I've been doing my very, very best. I got laid off. We're quarantined in the house. We're about to go crazy. It seems like that I'm just lonely. I can't be around anybody. I feel like I'm forsaken in my life kids are scared they're asking questions all we do is fight sometimes all you do is cry yourself to sleep because you have such insecurities maybe you feel like a failure but yet you've tried your best for god look at verse 20 and 21 and it says so he took joseph threw him into prison where the king's prisoners were held and there he remained but the Lord was with Joseph still hanging out with Joseph in prison and showed him his faithful love and the Lord made Joseph a favorite with the prison warden imagine Joseph here okay God what's up with this Uh, God, you have been hanging out with me for a long time, it seems like. And since you have, God, I have been beaten up. I have been thrown in a pit. I have been sold into slavery. I have been falsely accused of rape. And now, God, I'm in prison. God, could you please just go hang out with somebody else? You ever feel like that? That's the way Joseph felt. God, could you just do something else? And look at verse 22 and 23. Before long, the warden put Joseph in charge of all the other prisoners and over everything that happened in the prison. The warden had no more worries because Joseph took care of everything. The Lord was with Joseph. The Lord was still hanging out with Joseph and caused everything he did to succeed. Well, then here he is in prison okay there is a, a chief baker and a cupbearer they used to, the ones that were taking care of the king's court for pharaoh well they both had these ugly dreams and because they had gotten in trouble with pharaoh long story short they come to joseph and they talked to joseph about these dreams and he said interpreting dreams is god's business tell me what your dreams are and he began to interpret them Long story short, he said in three days, basically, one of you is going to be restored to the king's court, and the other of you, you're going to be impaled in your body, and you're going to be killed. That's what he basically told them. And this is where it picks up in Genesis 40. It says in verse 14 and 15, and here's what he asks. He says, and please remember me and do me a favor when the things go well for you. Mention me to Pharaoh so he might let me out of this place. For I was kidnapped from my homeland, the land of the Hebrews, and now I'm here in prison but I did nothing to deserve it. Joseph, he just wanted a blessing because it seemed to him all he had been dealt with was a curse. Then in verse 23, it says, Pharaoh's chief cupbearer, however, forgot all about Joseph, never giving him another thought. Okay so his family is history for Joseph. This government job that he had taking care of Potiphar's household which was a sweet deal considering is gone. And now this friend in prison that he had been putting over to watch out for has forsaken him. God could he have stepped up here and the question is is why didn't he? Have you ever felt like that, wondering when, God, God, could you just step in on this situation for me? If God is a God of love, then why does my life dreams seem like they're gone? Why is it that it seems like every time I get to the end of my rope, it seems like that nobody's there to help me? See, when you're facing a setback, no matter what it is, that is the beginning For you and for me to have a Joseph-like attitude, to acknowledge not our problems, not our setbacks, not our situations, not those things that we think that won't come to fruition in the right time and way and will of God. We have to acknowledge when we're at the end of our rope that God is hanging on with us. He's there with us. He'll never leave us. He'll never forsake us. He said he'd go with us to the end of this world. And that's what we've got to hang on to there's nothing like god's presence to shed new light in dark situations so here's joseph here he is in prison and then the king pharaoh he has a dream he has these crazy dreams about how that these uh heads of grain that are great seven of them will look really great and seven of them are really scrawny and the scrawny one eats the other grains and then there's these seven beautiful cows and seven scrawny cows and those scrawny cows eat the good cows and all that so he's freaking out so he begins to talk about these dreams and all of a sudden the cupbearer has this mindset and he thinks oh yeah he said there was this guy i knew a couple years ago back in prison he interpreted my dreams and oh yeah i forgot you know back when you know you was about to take me out king if you remember that but anyway so pharaoh sends for joseph gets him cleaned up gets him shaved brings him before his court then pharaoh begins to tell joseph his dreams and he lets him know what his dreams are and how it'd be interpreted that there's going to be seven years of great feasts going to be happening going to be flowing the blessings flowing over the land of egypt but then there's going to be seven years of famine and when he begins to explain this to him and tell him he needs to bring somebody up and you need to have a great person that's going to lead the charge and then ministrate taking care of the grains and getting prepared pharaoh for this famine and i love what it says in genesis chapter 41 after he tells him everything And Joseph tells Pharaoh this. And Joseph's suggestions were received by Pharaoh and his officials. So Pharaoh asked his officials, Can we find anyone else like this man, obviously filled with the Spirit of God? (laughs) He was filled with the Spirit of God. God is with Joseph. God is always hanging out with Joseph, despite what Joseph's going through. Now, Pharaoh recognizes that God is hanging out so with this taking place i want you to understand that all this famine hits all the land and who does it hit it hits jacob and all of joseph's big brother's family back home and they find themselves in want and jacob hears there's grain in egypt so he sends the brothers to egypt to get grain immediately joseph recognizes them he begins to basically interrogate them they had no idea it was little brother but in this story that picks up with chapters 41 through 50 and genesis i want to challenge you this week to read it because it's pretty incredible what takes place but long story short He goes through a series of tests, Joseph does with his brother, and said, bring back your little brother with you, and and all these things. While they're there, he throws them all in jail, and he begins to test them. He puts their money back in their bag after they buy grain, and he puts his silver cup inside their bag, and and they're thinking, God, you're against us, God, you're against us. But it ends up that he brings, Joseph does, all the family to Egypt to live and then their father passes jacob dies and then all the older brothers get really worried that oh no father's dead now little brother is going to take us out and i love what it says here in genesis chapter 50 it says that after the father died and thinking that Joseph is going to be angry with them for all the wrong they did to him. They sent him a message and they asked him to forgive them for treating him so badly. And he, they bowed before him, down before Joseph, and says, look, we're your slaves. Those dreams that he dreamed a long time ago had came to fruition. But listen to Joseph's reply. Don't be afraid of me. Am I a God that I can punish you? You intended to harm me, but God intended it for all good. He brought me into this position so I could save many people. (laughs) Wow. So we know that when God hangs out with you, his presence will give you power but also your faith in him will fortify your future that's what it did for joseph because his faith not only was god with him but he had his faith in god and we think about fortifying that when you think about your faith being fortified and for your future, fortified means to protect. Fortified means to strengthen. It means to make you strong. And it's all about you and I, when we feel like that we're at the end of our rope, that we are putting our faith in God, that his presence is with us through that relationship that's going to give us power even in some of the toughest times of life. And that when we have our faith in him, it's fortified to give us a great future and hope in front of us. That he's never going to leave us that he's never going to forsake us that he's going to be with us and i promise you god is never going to give up on you you know i told you this story about the air force situation with me and um that was a tough summer for me you know had a cast on the leg for 10 weeks but within that next year I took a turn for the worse and I found myself in jail. And I got to a low point in my life, the lowest point, to that point that I'd ever been. And while I was incarcerated for doing things I should have never done, I realized That I had a good dream but it wasn't God's dream so in my lowest moment I began to cry out to God and I said God forgive me for the things that I've done wrong I feel like such scum of the earth I brought reproach to my family's name and I said, God, if you'll forgive me and help me get on the path you want me to be on, I'll do anything you want me to. And I said, second to that, I said, if you'll send me a good woman that to give me the incentive to have a family, I will serve her all the days of my life. I will raise my family to love and to serve you. I'll do anything you want me to, God just get me out of the circumstances I've got myself into And you know what's amazing when you hang on to good dreams it's one thing but when you begin to hang on to the God dreams and I look back 36 years ago God redirected my life from a good dream to a God dream and 36 years ago when I prayed those prayers God called me into the highest calling in the world to preach his word and to start a church and like Joseph I'm blessed to see many lives saved and changed I don't know what you're god dreams are i don't even know what good dreams that might have been a good dream you were dreaming in your life but here's what i will tell you your heart's response to trust god and for god to be with you is going to get you through some of the hardest times in your life and let me say this if you really realize what is god really looking for from each of us psalm 34 verse 17 spells it out it says, the Lord hears his people when they call to him for help. Might just be hanging on. That's all you got. He said, he rescues them from all their troubles. Think about Joseph. He rescued him, didn't he? He said, the Lord is close to the brokenhearted, he rescues those whose spirits are crushed. Maybe that's you right now. Your spirits are crushed. Maybe you've been hanging on to something God never intended for you to hang on to. But it's in this moment that you know he's with you. He's hanging out with you. His presence is going to give you a lot of power. But your faith in him is going to fortify laid out for you to live long before you ever breathe your first breath. Hang on. Hang on. God is with you. He's going to get you through. And you know what? His dreams, He's been dreaming for you are bigger than you could ever dream. Just pray, Father, we love you, we praise you, we honor you, and we thank you, God. Thank you for loving us, being with us, hanging with us, God. Like you were with Joseph, you are with your children. And we know, God, Lord, there's so many things that breaks your heart, even in times in the season that we're going through now so many times, God, when we believe that our circumstances are, are too big for you, God, to do anything about it, God, Lord, I know that breaks your heart. So right now, God, I pray that every person that loves you, that has a relationship with you, God, would call upon you for help in times like these to help us in our greatest amount of trouble. As we continue to pray, there are those of you that are already Christ followers. And you've been following God, you've been doing your best, you've been just trying to hang on, you feel like you're at the end of your rope, that might be physically, relationally, financially, professionally, right now, and you just don't understand why life is happening the way it is. Will you please just call out on your Heavenly Father through Jesus' Son? I want to, as you cry out to him and pray to him right now, I'm going to pray with you and for you. Heavenly Father, I pray, God, for each one that are your children, God, that you would be with them, God, in these moments. God, that the dreams that you're dreaming for them are going to adhere to their hearts. That, God, sometimes, God, things are put on hold. We go through trouble. We go through trials. We go through situations, God. But we know, Heavenly Father, that you are close to the brokenhearted. So I pray, God, and lift your kids up to you, God, right now that love you, that you would be with them, God, in their relationships, God, in their businesses, God, and those pursuing coming out of high school, trying to go into college, or trying to start that business, or trying to, to mend those parental relationships, God, and those split home situations through these quarantines, God, and things are looking ugly and things are not going so good. God, be with every one of them, Father. Give them peace instead of stress in the midst of these stormy days in life that we're living in God give each one of your children strength to follow you one step at a time as we continue to pray there's another group of people and I want you to know that Changing our world is allowing God to change you. And maybe you've never allowed God to change your heart. And I I promise you God's dreaming bigger dreams for you than you could dream for yourself. And he wants to do amazing things for you. And here's what I will tell you if you don't know Christ in your heart. You can find comfort in God's love that he will fulfill the desires of your heart when you call on him for help. And it begins with calling on him for salvation. Here's what I'm gonna tell you about dreams. Dreams of yesterday may be shattered, but there's a brighter day coming. You can't look back because you're not going that direction. It's time that you look forward and you come to a God who gave his sons life for you. So if you feel him knocking on your heart, today is the day of salvation. It's not yesterday. It's gone. Tomorrow's not here. Today's the day of salvation. Would you pray and ask Jesus to come into your life and give you salvation, give you his hope, give you his peace and his purpose? I want to pray with you, but it's your prayer that gets that into your soul. Would you pray to him and just tell him, Lord, I open my life to you today. I want to trust you as my God. I want to trust you as my Savior. God, my heart is broken, so I want to ask you to mend it. I ask you to come into my heart and forgive me of my sins. I want to trust you with my life. Thank you for your son Jesus giving his life for me. Accept me as your own, Lord. I want to be born again. I want to be able to have freedom. I don't want to bear this weight of guilt. I want to be set free today. So please forgive me. I trust you, God. I want to live for you, God. My life is yours. As you've prayed to ask Christ to come into your heart, God's destiny for you will never be derailed by circumstance ever. Just tell him, say, Lord, forgive me, God. My life is yours from this day forward. I'm going to live for you. If you you pray to receive Christ as your Lord and Savior, it is the greatest decision you've ever made in your life. So as you feel that peace and that purpose come into your life, God's got an ultimate plan that he laid out for your life before you ever breathe in this world. We want to help you with that. If you gave your life to Christ for the first time, I want to ask you just to simply text the word SAVE to 615 615 uh, I think it is nine hundred 900-2176 right there on your screen Let us know that we're gonna follow up with you This is the beginning of the great life that we want to help you with discover in a relationship with Jesus Christ If you need prayer, there's a number on your screen that if you need someone to talk to life is tough Life has dealt you a bad hand. You feel like you're at the end of your rope. You don't know what to do You don't know where to go. You've got questions We want to be here for you. We're in this thing together called life most of all we got a God that loves your life and mine and he's the best friend I've ever given my life to and he will help you through even in the most difficult times in our lives hope and pray that this has been a help to you hope you'll share it with somebody and hope you're gonna have a great week I can't wait to share the third installment next week of the hang on series hope and pray you'll share this with someone else in your life that could benefit from it I hope the rest of this day will be an amazing day, and I love you, and I could never love you like my great God loves you. I want to just challenge you. Hang on. Hello, Pastor Jim here. I just wanted to come on and thank you for listening and help answer the question, what next? If you gave your life to Jesus today, we would love to take that journey with you. Simply text the word SAVED to 615 2176 and make sure to follow us through the week on our social media accounts at FreedomChurchTN. We love you. Have a blessed week.